Good afternoon. I'm Rich Nass, the Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media. I lead the Embedded IoT teams for Embedded Computing Design. I'm here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Milton Lopez, who is the Head of Design at Spark Cognition. And that title does not do him justice, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, how you doing, Milton? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So a little context background. Um, I went to visit Milton at his location, which, and in full disclosure, I was not familiar with Spark Cognition. Um, they do a lot of pretty cool AI stuff, but they asked me to come out to this place called Hyperworks, which is a subsidiary. I'm not sure if that's the right word, a subsidiary of Spark Cognition, where they do some of their testing and stuff. So we were in Austin. They said, well, you got to drive outside Austin a little bit. And man, did we drive outside Austin. I think if I had a flat tire on that road, I would have never been found again. This place was out in the middle of nowhere, um, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, it's it's a place where, and they're out in the middle of nowhere for a reason, because they do a lot of testing with drones and stuff like that. So they need to be out there. So Milton, I hope I didn't do you a disservice, but um, no, no. did I describe it accurately? That, uh, I mean, the, the remoteness of it is very accurate. And as you mentioned, it's for that very purpose. When you have things flying around and robots walking around, it's best to not have too many neighbors. There you go. And what's the relationship between Hyperworks and Spark Cognition? So Hyperworks is our R&D facility. So it's Hyperworks is our R&D facility. It is fully owned by Spark Cognition. The, the whole point about having the name Hyperworks is that it is uh, essentially neutral ground for any partner, for any, any technologist that wants to come out here and experience what AI is. And so we have Hyperworks, a place where artificial intelligence comes to life, uh, where we can showcase what it means to, to deploy artificial intelligence in the real world. Okay, now... Artificial intelligence is one of those things, ask five people what it is, you get five different answers. So I'm gonna ask you, um, in, a, in a general context, what is artificial intelligence? Sure, and so you're right, there's plenty of interpretations as to what AI is. And usually that stems from the fact that you're trying to get a little too specific in terms of the application of the technology. What artificial intelligence is at its core is the uh, a representation of the technology looking to mimic uh, the thought, the thought process. And so a lot of the approaches that we apply when developing artificial intelligence solutions are, are borrowed from biology in terms of how you go from an input to an output, uh, the, the way that it learns in terms of a neural network, very representative of what the mind, uh, the functions of the mind are. And so what, we, what we've seen in the past is the industrial revolution using machines to simulate what the muscle is uh, what we look at now, artificial intelligence, is looking at technology to simulate what the mind is and how you can teach a system to know how to do things. That's really cool. You had me right up until the biology part, and then it gets a little, uh, hmm, okay, I really got to think about this. Okay, so how does this translate into what you guys do with Spark Cognition? Sure. So at Spark Cognition, we've been around for 10 years. Uh, we celebrate our 10th birthday, 10th birthday this year. Uh, but our, our primary focus is on embedding intelligence into industrial equipment, industrial technology, uh, industrial infrastructure. And so everything that we do is with the purpose of optimizing a specific piece of equipment or optimizing a specific function. And so what we do is in the industrial sector, 
predict the life of assets, the remaining useful life, uh, identify any anomaly or any, I would say, suboptimal operation of a piece of equipment based on historical data. Uh, when we're talking about visual AI, we're looking at uh, identifying things that are of interest to our users uh, that happens in front of a camera. And so easy way to, to look at this is uh, today, when you're looking at a screen of 10, 20, 30, 30 video feeds coming through, you're looking for things that are strange, suspicious. You have a picture in your mind in terms of what it's supposed to be, and you're trying to capture things where it happens outside of what that ideal state is. What AI allows you to do there is to look at the entire set of screens and basically surface these anomalies to where you can respond to them and become much more efficient in, in, that, in that regard. There's a lot of work that we're doing around uh, the generative AI as well. Um, and so let me know where you want me to go because this, 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 whole, uh, this whole session could be spent on talking about the different areas that we're in and, and kind of the, the benefits that we have in those areas. So let me break it down into its most simplest forms. You have some really fast hardware and you have some really complex algorithms that are running on that really fast hardware. Where does where do you guys come in with this? I know you don't develop hardware or or at least the the ICs to do this. Are you guys developing the algorithms that run on it? Are are you making the marriage between the two? Sure. Yeah. So specifically at HyperWorks, we are bringing all of those elements together to showcase what an end solution looks like. Uh, everything from the algorithms, some of which are best in class, which we can leverage. Others are developed in-house where it's just not a very common problem to where there's a, a solution out there for it. Or it's a, a, a problem that requires highly specialized models to accomplish, uh, to execute. In terms of the hardware, we are not a hardware company. We obviously, we deploy to hardware. So it's it's a benefit to us to understand how it works, uh, to make recommendations and, and to prototype things. Uh, before we put anything out in the field, we wanna make sure that it runs exactly as we expect it to in a near world, near real time environment in a near uh, environment that's representative of our customers end state. And so where we sit is on the software side. We're an AI software company our solutions will uh, have existing technology that's best in class. And we are also constantly developing new algorithms to solve for some of the more problem, the more complicated problems that, that are unique to, to our offerings. Now, the thing that I found about you guys, and I'm, I'm guessing this is by design, you guys were doing stuff that was so practical, where there's, there's a lot more theory in a lot of the people who I talk to where you could say, well, you, it could be used for this. You're actually using it for that. And some of the demos that I saw, you had an industrial machine that was hooked up to stuff. So you could see your customer could say, I want that right there. And he doesn't have to do a whole lot of work except connect it. The same thing with some of the security things that I saw. It was 99% done, whereas typically it's more like 70% done and the customer's got to do a lot more stuff. Is, is that because you guys are more of a for higher service? I would say that the the main reason for that is we've been around a while. Uh, we've we've learned that offering a technology is difficult to successfully do. Offering a solution is much easier to, to one, understand, two, see the ROI, and three, visualize in your environment. Um, if, if we talk a little bit about my background here, it's in design, and, and it's all about understanding our users, understanding what problems to solve for them. And so if I can sit in front of you and say, I've got this solution that solves 
any problem you have and it uses data and, and you look at me and say, great, I don't know what you're selling me. I don't know what you're offering me. But if I sit in front of a, and in, in this case, an industrial pump, and I say, this pump is running 24 seven, you have similar pumps in your environment. This one is going to, I'm going to introduce certain, certain sort of failures to it. And I pull a lever or I press a button and it misaligns the shaft or uh, there's a, there's a seal leak introduced into this equipment. And I can show you that the equipment is running in a suboptimal state and that our algorithms are detecting the fact that it's shifted its operating mode. Right there, I've, I've basically shown you everything you need to know to see how you can use it, why you should use it, what is the value to you, and, and what processes do you have today in place that could be optimized by it. So it's really about showing you what the solution looks like in your environment. Now, is that because you've been contracted to do that or because you're hoping somebody will come along and need that technology? We've, uh, we've developed the technology uh, in partnership with our customers uh, from the very early age of the company. It was, we have very specialized algorithms that have been developed in-house that allow you to apply the technology to any piece of equipment. All, all that's really required is some sort of, of data. Uh, we started with sensorized data. So that was very tabular uh, form factor. Uh, then we went to natural language processing, which was a lot less structured. Uh, and video, uh, pretty much any type of data at this point, we've looked at and we've been able to utilize to solve some of these problems. So I would say it's a matter of the amount of experience that we have in this space that we've been able to develop the, the platforms to allow you to ingest any sorts of data which essentially means that any problem you have with the industrial piece of equipment, chances are we can solve it because we've, we've seen it before or we've seen something very similar to that before. That's really cool. I mean, it's, uh, as, I, as I think I said, this is more practical than, a more practical use of AI than any place else that I've seen. And I certainly commend you guys for, for doing this. Thank you. What's next on your radar? I know you had some pretty cool things. I saw some drones flying around as, and some robots. What else you got cooking out there? Sure. Well, uh, if we if we boil it down to the very base elements here, you've got data coming in. You've got an algorithm. You've got a model that's that's crunching through that data, and output comes a thing that you want to know about, whether it's a prediction, whether it's uh, an optimal state of a piece of equipment, whatever that case may be. The the reason we have drones is because they represent a mode of getting these sensors out into the field. You've got ground-based vehicles. So we've got unmanned ground vehicles that run around, take sensor readings. Uh, you've got a, a camera on board. They can get thermal versus your, your standard optical cameras. Uh, you've got drones, which do essentially the same thing, which is take a specialized sensor out into the asset so that we can capture the data we need. Once you have that data, it's choose from one of the, the multiple uh, models that we have available uh, that, that best solves for that problem. And the output is essentially what is uh, the, the life of this asset? What is the failure modes? And so everything that we've done is essentially to expand the ability to get those sensors out there, capture that data, process that data, and show the, our, our users or our, our customers the results that they're looking for. Separately, uh, we've got the, the visual technology, which deals less so with sensor data, but it deals more with uh, your, your basically single frames. So take a, a picture. Uh, video streams and any sort of camera that you can you can find uh, that'll that'll give you a stream of videos and then it processes that data to again identify anomalies identify things that are of interest to you and be able to surface those 
we've done a lot of work around that space. And I'd say that the the expansion that we have is how big can we get in terms of the payload that these robots will carry? So how many sensors can we get? How long can they be out there? Uh, but ultimately, those are things that we're doing uh, to support the core business, which is the, the AI software that we do. Cool stuff, Melton. I'm looking forward to seeing what's happening next there. And um, I promise that when I come next time, I won't be so shocked when I when you're out in the boonies. Well, once you've been there once, you know what to expect and how much water to bring with you when you, when you start to drive. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. That's Milton Lopez. He is the head of design at Spark Cognition, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. You have a great day, Milton.